And welcome to Demon Road Diaries. It's episode 10. Still not on the road, because you know how roads are right now. Um, it is your favorite demon uh, bringing you a very special guest um, for episode 10. Um, to introduce ourselves and remind you of our voices, I am your Music City Messiah, Caden Green. I am the bastard son, Ronnie Rios. I am the super edgy, necessary evil, Chelsea Durden. Super edgy. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling like a real edgelord tonight, brother. It might get pretty wild. I've been trying to convince Chelsea for about two weeks now that she needs to change her moniker to the necessary burden. Chelsea Durden. <laughs> Stop trying to make burden happen. It's not going to happen. Well, it's on the podcast now, so we're going to hashtag it and make it happen. It's in so, the podcast canon now. Shit. How it works. Uh, so our special guest, uh, you might know him from Ring of Honor. You might know him from New Japan. You might know him from like everywhere. I don't know. He's fought basically everyone who's in NXT right now. Or AEW. He's fought everyone in the world, essentially. Our special guest, Cheeseburger. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I, I don't know about everyone in the world. Maybe like 90%. No. Okay, it's like, that's like basically everybody. I'm, pull, I'm pulling up Cage Match right now. It says 96.1% of the world. 96.1. You heard it here. There it is. You heard it here first. <laughs> Those are the stats. So, Burger, what is up? How are you uh, handling this adventure of life right now? It's going good. Like, it's not uh, – the first few weeks were a little rough, but kind of starting to get into a flow of uh, just daily life. Uh, I'm lucky enough to still have my wrestling school, so I'll go there to, like, work out, like, pretty much every day and just maybe mess around in the ring and just kind of, like, have some time myself to, like, like lift weights or anything. Um, and then at home, I just kind of have a routine now, whether it be video games or like cooking new food, uh, studying Japanese, uh, video editing, just, I'm trying to do everything I can to stay busy and I'm kind of starting to get into a flow right now. So it's not going, uh, not going so bad. So you uh, mentioned the, uh, the wrestling school you run the, um, worldwide dojo. Yes. I believe it's yes, called in Pennsylvania. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, what made you decide to open a wrestling school and, you know, maybe go into a little bit like your, your training philosophies? It was uh, kind of one of those things where timing ended up working out. Uh, I was one of the assistant trainers at the Ring of Honor Dojo for about like about four years at that time. And then in 2016 or 2017, the Ring of Honor Dojo in Pennsylvania was shutting down because they were moving everything to a new facility in Baltimore. Um, but it just so happened that that building that we used to have were, was open. So a lot of my students in the Pennsylvania area, like near Philly, wouldn't have a place to wrestle. So I, I decided to take it over for, for myself to help my students. And I was like, all right, if this works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I want to at least try to, uh, you know, keep this going and keep this thing afloat to give my students a place to still train and continue their studies. Um, so far, it's been going pretty good. Like, uh, I... I wanted to own my own wrestling school, but I didn't think it would happen so early and so young. But we're going to go. We got a good system going on. Cool, cool. Because I've been following um, the school for a little bit now. You know, I love all the training videos uh, that you that you post. It's really, it's really cool. It's, I don't 
personally know any of your students, but I, you know, see them develop like through your, uh, through the videos that you post and then finally on the student shows that you guys run. So it's really cool to kind of follow them from their first, uh, their first bumps to uh, really starting to come into their own as wrestlers. Yeah, a lot of people really like the training videos. That's been uh, something I've been trying to make, like, actively, like, promote and, like, produce a lot at the school. Um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of, like, new students have discovered us just through people sharing, like, some of the, the videos of us training and everything and, you know, just different stuff like that. Uh, I need, like, a third-party cameraman, though, so I can, like, be in some of the videos because they're always me filming them, and I'm never in any of my videos. <laughs> yeah. I, so, geez, I, I do think it's curious that um, you mentioned you said you didn't think you'd have a school so early, but I feel like you've been you've been working for a while now. When did you officially debut? Uh, I started training October 2010, so this year will be my 10-year anniversary with that. My actual okay. debut match was uh, May 4, 2012. Okay. So I just had uh, my. So you just had a you just had a wrestleversary. Yes, I did. I did. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, just passed May fourth. Uh, so, 2012 debut, 2010, uh, like actual like first steps into the world of wrestling. Okay, where did you where did you start then? I started from scratch at the Ring of Honor dojo. Like, uh, I didn't train before that at all. Like, uh, I was 17 at the time, like, still in, still a junior in high school. And I, the Ring of Honor dojo just happened to be 15 minutes from where I lived at the time. So I went and uh, met Delirious and Daisy Hayes that summer. And then my senior year of high school, I, uh, I started that October with the next class. And we had three people in my class the very first day. Uh, funny story I like to tell is that we had three people in the, you know, you guys know wrestling training the first day is like absolutely brutal and like super painful. Uh, we didn't even get in the ring. We just did like workouts on the outside. Um, but there are two other guys in my class and one stuck around for uh, like a few months before he just like disappeared. The other guy, um, the first day when we had to make payments, he, he said, hey, I have a credit card. Can I pay in credit card? At the time, the Ring of Honor office was at the uh, at the school at the time, but the credit card machine was locked up in, like, the office portion, but just the school was open. So uh, Daisy goes, like, all right, yeah, you, uh, the credit card machine is locked up, so, you know, just uh, come come tomorrow, and, like, uh, when you come tomorrow, you can uh, pay with the card. He's like, all right, cool. And he did that first day of training, and this dude just never showed back up again. He just vanished. <laughs> he got Whoa. a deposit. <laughs> Nice, nice. The uh, the other guy that was in my class, he he trained with us for a few months, and they just disappeared without a trace. And then yeah. a year a year later, I mean, I'm not sure you guys know, like like you know, there's so many people that just vanish from, from wrestling schools. But this guy, oh yeah, I, a year later, he like sent me a text like, "Hey man, how's it going? I see you're like um you know like doing some stuff like Ring of Honor in here and there." And I was like, "Hey man, like where have you been at?" He's like, "Oh, I had like I got in some trouble with the law. I just got out of jail." I'm like, "Oh." Oh, all right. Oh, well, <laughs> you it's funny how often that happens. Like yeah. <laughs> like literally I've I've been on shows where so and so's not there and everyone's like freaking out cuz like you know that's the cardinal rule you don't know show your bookings. And like and then you get a phone call halfway through the show, yeah, so and so's in jail. He's getting bailed out right now, so maybe if we push him to the main, he'll make it. Uh, I literally worked it. Me and Aaron literally worked a show where a dude got arrested that day, got bailed out, and they pushed his match to the main event, and he literally ran into wow. the building 
as his opponent was making his entrance. Wow. That's and like, fuck it. And they, went there and, and they improvised a hardcore match, like a 20-minute hardcore match mm-hmm. on the spot. God, what a life. <laughs> but then on the, on the other end, there was a, a show he did where maybe like two matches before this team was supposed to... Oh, God, their, that's... Their oh. round, like six cops show up and just take this dude away. What? Yeah, okay, I got to tell this story because I had the best vantage point of this story. So Yeah, let me hear it. Uh, uh, okay, so this was for... Do you think... Could I name the promotion? Um, probably not. Let's, okay, uh... let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not. But okay, so we're at this venue, <laughs> we're at this venue, and I'm talking to the promoter, and the promoter's just standing there, we're just having a very normal conversation, and I see the dude, he's literally, it looked like a Vince Russo segment being shot for Raw, because I'm literally standing there with the promoter talking, and this dude just walks past the green room that we're all in, hands behind his back, being a guard escorted by two cops, and he turns right to the promoter and goes, sorry, man, I'm really sorry about this, and just keeps walking. <laughs> and, and the promoter had no idea, and he looks at that. He's, like, holding a beer, and he looks at that and then looks back at me and goes, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is that a segment? Are we shooting something right now? And he goes, no, that's just happening right now. Wow. <laughs> that's real life, brother. But to the uh, but to the credit of the other people that were in the match, without missing a beat, they're like, "Yeah, we'll just um, we'll just make it a two on one." Yeah, because yeah, it was supposed to be a tag match, and they were just yeah. like, "Fuck it, we'll just do a handicap." They're like ten minutes <laughs> to just completely switch this matchup. Wow, that's awesome. That's insane. Yeah, uh, yeah. fucking wrestling. wrestling wrestling world we live in, like. It just uh, you meet so many interesting people. It's like um, when the story came out recently about Joe Exotic being involved in wrestling, but people were like, "Yeah, no one like even like took a second look at him because you know it's wrestling. Like people want, like that walk in all the time. Like yeah, yeah, that's no, that's super normal for, for this. No one was like, oh, this dude in like cowboy boots and like a pink shirt with like this uh, handlebar mustache." Uh, it's like a weird dude. Oh, that's just a, a guy that comes to wrestling. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, literally, that was the running joke the first week that show was on. Everyone was like, man, Joe Exotic would have been a great manager. Yeah. And and then we all were like, you know, he ran shows, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, we looked it up on YouTube and we watched an entire, um, what Tim was it? Storm like, Matt. It was, yeah, it was we Tim watched Storm. an entire Tim Storm match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I, was... I worked for that um that company that he worked for, but he wasn't there at the time when I went. It was like uh, NWA Texoma. They did Oklahoma yeah, and yeah. Texas. And yeah. I, I worked for that place. Uh, that place once. Well, that was like where the NWA belt was before Corgan bought it, right? Yeah, it, it was. It was kind of around a few places. Like there was um Texoma, and then there was like a couple of. It was mainly in like a couple of places in um I want to say like Tennessee in like. Uh, Tennessee and maybe like Virginia or something. There was like a, a couple of NWA promotions. Mm-hmm. There was one in Pennsylvania too, actually. I think America Banda did a match like a long time ago there. Okay, yeah, that that NWA territory timeline's like so hard to track. Yeah, there's so many just like random end up and promotion like indie promotions that were just like NWA <laughs> such and such, NWA yeah. this and this. Yeah, oh lord, but um. But what's not a fly-by-night operation certainly is Ring of Honor. Uh, you guys have been putting on some – I mean, 
obviously as someone who was trained by Jay Lethal, I have a personal kind of connection to that promotion. And also mm-hmm. just as someone who grew up as an indie wrestling fan. So what can you speak to like, as someone who's managed to um, hold a position and hold a spot in that company for as long as you have, like what's been your kind of overall experience with Ring of Honor? It's kind of crazy because starting with um, with Ring of Honor, like I haven't like known wrestling in turn like I haven't like been around wrestling outside of Ring of Honor really. Like I would basically grew up in the Ring of Honor bubble from seventeen years old to like now for ten years. So mm-hmm. I've gotten to see a, a bunch of different phases of the company to like when it was like almost out of business, when um when when you know Carrier was running it, when it was almost close to running out of business, like the end of the HD net era to where we had no TV at all. And then, you know, selling the company to Sinclair and then the growing pains of like Sinclair buying us and then eventually everyone kinda of getting on the same page and then business really starting to pick up and then, you know, Sinclair increasing the budget like every year and then we start partner up with New Japan and then we start partnering up with CMLO and partner up with Stardom and then, you know, business going down like it did or actually going to Madison Square Garden and then business kinda of going down last year to this year before the the lockdown, business starting to trend back up. So you know, it's been like a lot of so many up and ups and downs with the company, and like I gotta be at this point. Besides, like a handful of people, like one of the longest tenured guys here. Besides, you know, like, obviously like the Briscoes and like Lethal and you know people like that. But like I gotta be like I had to look at it one day. I gotta be like one of the longest tenured guys here now. I would imagine you would be, and you have. It gives you this really interesting perspective on Ring of Honor because you're Ring of Honor homegrown. Right, which right. is um, you don't you don't really see there too often because it's like um, all of these all of these guys who have you know torn it up on the indies for years and then come to Ring of Honor, but you've been able to grow in the wrestling business with Ring of Honor, so mm-hmm. you have um, a really unique perspective that way that not a lot of people have. Uh, so what would you say then is like some of your favorite memories working for the company? Uh, definitely Madison Square Gardens at the, at the top of my list. Um, that one, not just for me, but just for everybody in the company as a whole. And, um, I said this on uh, another interview recently, but like the the coolest moment to me of that whole Madison Square Garden show was, I remember like walking in and just like seeing everything and like, you know, everything, seeing the setup and seeing the building and everything. And my first thought was I got to find Carrie Silken and give him a hug because Carrie finally like this meant so much to me to see like Carrie actually like be there to witness this moment and see like hit the company he built finally run like in Madison Square Garden, a place like he used to like, you know, sell tickets outside of, you know, he like tells that story in his pockets. He always sell tickets outside the garden to like wrestling events and to see him like, you know, finally get to see that dream like that was the, that was the coolest moment for me even besides like you know wrestling was awesome but getting to see Carrie at like live that moment was super cool um some other ones just off the top of my head are uh getting to be there for like Ring of Honor in Japan um getting to do those shows uh even though it like sucked for so many so long but I have so many memories just from like traveling with ring crew with my friends and like even before I started getting like a regular spot on like uh on the roster like just traveling to different towns and you know setting up shows and even though it's the worst experience ever it was also super fun because i just got to experience all these bad things that happened to us on traveling on the road with uh with a bunch of cool people i definitely i feel you on that one because like obviously 
I've only worked like a, just a small handful of like Ring of Honor backstage, and it was so insane to see like like uh, I came in. We worked uh, my class worked uh, like a I think it was two thousand had to be two thousand fourteen two thousand yeah about two thousand fourteen maybe early two thousand fifteen we worked like some Lakeland tapings, mm-hmm. and you know it was a real you know almost like. Like the money was there. Clearly, there was like equipment and like and, and like production value, but like the crew was very limited, and we were there was like we were ex- like um, putting in a lot of hours of like making sure everything got set up properly, not just the ring, but like cameras and lights and the stage and and working backstage, running things and everything like that. So it definitely felt like this like team, small almost mom and pop team effort of like let's put on this show, guys. And then fast forward to, um, I think, the start of 2019, um, you know, me and Aaron drove out to Atlanta for some TV tapings, and it was just that, in that four years, the budget had grown so much, and suddenly there's this full crew, and this, like, and it was like, I felt like we were standing around, kind of just our hands in our pockets, like... It's not much for me to fucking do. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just kind of yeah. holding. I'm just holding the spot right now. <laughs> so it, it is. It is insane to see how much that company grew. But it is. I always got that vibe of like, you know, hey, we're in this together, man. We're gonna make this work. And and those oh, yeah, are definitely. definitely like. I remember. Um, my favorite memory of working for Ring of Honor in in a backstage capacity was like, we did a security spot where um, it was the Briscoes versus the Kingdom. And this was Matt Taven and Matt Mike Bennett. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to do a spot where, uh, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a DQ or like it was like a, like a post-down something or a post-match something, but they were supposed to put Mark Briscoe through a table. Mm-hmm. And so they had the table set up on the outside and they just cut the spot or something like a, I don't know if it was for time or they decided not to do it, but just it just got nicked. So uh, we got sent out because security was supposed to go out there. The DQs happened. We have to try and stop the kingdom from putting so much heat on the Briscoes, and they're just and we just bump and feed for them. Mm-hmm. So they tell me, "Hey, Mike's gonna punch you. You gotta sell big. Fucking sell that shit big." And I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." So I go out there. Mark's in the corner getting his ass whipped. I get in front of Mark. I'm like, Mike, please stop. Mike grabs me, gives me a good, good brother punch. And I like perfect sell over the top rope, not realizing the table's still there. Oh. And I just oh, clipped no. that table real hard. <laughs> Oof. Oh, man. And, and there's no footage of this because it's not planned. So no yeah. one's shooting, no one's shooting me. Oh, and I just man. fucking cooked to this table. And like, it was just like, in a weird moment where I should be furious, I should be like, why did this happen to me? This is so reckless. Da, da, da. I'm just laughing, and I come to the back, and everyone else is laughing. Like, I can't believe you fucking did that. I'm like, yeah, I know, man. <laughs> and it was just like this, like, I, God, wrestling's so weird, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so many, I'm just, uh, yeah, there's always, like, those times where just things never go according to plan. Like, I've had so many... Yeah, I'm sure you guys too. Like, there's so many moments where, it's, whether it's like in the match or like a segment or something or like a promo, there's always like those things that didn't, like don't go as planned. Like, we had a uh, one of my favorite moments. 
is like sometimes I think last January. Um, so my trio at the time uh, was with uh, two of my students, Eli Isom and Ryan Nova, and we just finished doing a uh, a trios match against. This is in um, San Antonio, Texas. We do a trios match against uh, three of the New Japan uh, LA Dojo Young Lions, and we beat them. So um, apparently, what was supposed to happen is. Oh, actually, so we do the match, and then, you know, the long, long, young lions sell to the back. And then me and uh, my group, we go to the back, you know. As we're as the match as the match ends, we hear the kingdom music start uh, playing. So we're like, oh, we got to hurry up. So we get out, we hop, we hop the guardrail, because we can't go back out the hallway because they're making an entrance. We hop the guardrail, go through the curtain to the side. And we're like, you know, talk about the guys after the match. And then uh, at that point, someone comes up to us, and they're like, hey, what are you guys doing back here? We're like, what do you mean? They're like, the kingdom were coming out to cut a promo on you guys. We're like wait what like no one told us this he's like wait nobody told you we're like no we're like we came to the back like no one told us we we're supposed to stay out there for a promo so uh i went back and like watched the watch the tape so as we're coming out uh the kingdom is coming out and taven come taven's on the mic and he looks into the ring and he doesn't see us he just goes hey like he's like kind of like being sarcastic like talking to the crowd but he's like actually like wondering he's like hey where'd they go like are they hiding like where are they at and he's like walking down the hallway looking like trying to find where we're at and we're in the back, so that's, that's happening. He just starts, like, talking, and we're, like, in the back. We're, like, do you want us to go back out there? They're, like, oh, nah, it's fine. So then he starts talking. They're, like, wait. No, they said go out there. So we, like, go out there, and we don't know. We have nothing planned for the promo or anything. We And the kingdom, we're just, like, where are these guys? So we come out, and they're, like, oh, there they are. So they start talking to us. So we're on the floor, and they're in the ring. Um, and then they're talking, and then um, – uh, eventually, like, we hop up on the apron. We're like, all right, well, they're talking trash to us, so we have to be on the apron. Mind you, we still have, like, no way out of this segment. Like, we have no way to get out. So we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. And then um, uh, Eli, like, steps in the ring after Taven says something. I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't want to get in the ring because now we really have no way out of this. So we all, all three, so he gets in the ring, so all three of us have to get in the ring. So now we're in this promo face-to-face with the kingdom, and I have no idea how we're going to get out of this because it's supposed to set up a match later. Um, uh, we're supposed to set up a match later, so I have no way how we're going to get out of this. Um, so we're talking, we're just kind of like talking trash back and forth. And then like, I whisper a tape and I'm like, Hey, uh, Hey, hit us. And like, I guess he thinks like, I'm just like talking like in like a, like a promo. He's like, Oh, like, we're not going to hit you. We're not going to hit you. And then like, he like, wishes like, wait, you really want me to hit you? I'm like, yeah, just hit us and like throw us out. And then he's like, all right. He tells TK and Vinny to just hit us and throw us out and he sells to the back. I'm like, well, that was like. Very anticlimactic for this, uh, for this, for this uh, to set up this match, but I mean, we had we couldn't just like get out the ring and just walk away. Like that would be super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. And we'll see you. Yeah. Later. I'm like just, I'm like just hit That's us and throw us out. Like we'll figure it out later. <laughs> what in post? It'll be fine. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> oh man, That's yeah. awesome. So I, I'm so. Uh, you talked a little bit about um, getting to do some of the work for some of the stuff for New Japan. So, what was that experience like? Because I've always fascinated by anyone who gets to work for Japanese companies, just because it seemed like pun intended. It's such a foreign concept to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea of going to another country, and 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 especially such a country that loves pro wrestling as much as Japan does. So, like, can you speak a little bit to like what that experience was like working for New Japan? Yeah, it was um, it was awesome. Like it was a dream come true. Cause I always wanted, I always wanted to visit Japan, um, in some capacity. Like not even the wrestling, just to go. 
And to not only get to go, but get to wrestle. And then just, like, my first match is in the Tokyo Dome. Like, that was absolutely Whoa. insane. It was, like, insane. Like, that just, like, doesn't happen. Like, I remember, I think it was, like, Cabana or something, like, saying to me one time. He's like, I've been wrestling, like, 20 years. I've never gotten to work in the Tokyo Dome. You go to the Tokyo Dome. Um, so, like, that was, like, blew my mind. Like, uh, and that was just one of those things where when the New Japan guys would come over to the States, like, I would always kind of be, like, their handler and take care of them and just, like, show them around and just make sure they're, you know, doing okay while they're in the States. And, you know, the first time they booked me was kind of just as, like, a thank you of, like, hey, like, thanks for taking care of us. Like, we'll, like, we're going to bring you over for this uh, for the show. And I was originally scheduled to only do – the bow route in the dome they had a show in cork and hall the next day um so but when i came when i came out and made my entrance in the rumble like the japanese fans were like what who is this guy like who is this cheeseburger guy but then like in the match like they start reacting to me and i started like getting over in the match um mm-hmm. so then because of the reaction i got they ended up putting me in a 10-man tag the next day at uh corkin and then they brought me back the next year and then the other year after that just because i that that first match i did like i got a good reaction from the crowd like once they were like oh this Cheeseburger guy's like a funny character or whatever. We like this character, like, and then you know that's this let's, strange yeah. power ranger with the cowboy hat. Yeah, people are just like, "What is this? Like, who is this?" You do have the. I mean, I think you do have just a little bit of that charm where it's like, I think, and and I don't, and I mean this in the most positive way possible. Mm-hmm. It's like you have such a, like a non wrestler look. Yeah, that it, you become fascinating. Right, you're like you're just like I want to see what this guy can do because if they let him in the ring, he's got to be able to do something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, he's uh, a ninja power ranger, yeehaw cowboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did, so I gotta know. Okay, so yeah, I gotta know about the cowboy stuff. So when did when did you start yeehawing? Oh, that's a that's not a funny story, but there's a story behind the look. So. Um, the leather jacket I got with the fur, I don't remember why specifically I, I got it. Um, well, I, okay. I, I remember why I got the leather jacket, but I don't remember specifically like why I got that style, but I, I'm, I'm a, I've been a big fan of like Onita from FMW for a long time. And I was like, Oh, like he's such like, he's so, he like, he's so cool. He comes out like uh, in new Japan against Chono and has like the leather jacket. It's like smoking the cigarette and everything. I'm like, Oh, I, I didn't really have like a set piece of entrance gear really i had kind of like a uh hayabusa style kind of like kimono for for a minute um but like i didn't really have like that defined definitive like look for me so i was like oh this i want to be onita's so cool like this leather i want to get a leather jacket just because i want to kind of be like him a little bit so i got the leather jacket i was like oh nobody really does fur i'll put the fur on it so i had that for like a few months but i never wore it because like i i uh just i didn't really find like a reason to start wearing it and then uh, I forgot what year it was, maybe early 2017, I want to say. Uh, we were in Nashville, and we were just out on, like, Broadway, and we, we stopped at, like, a boot store, and they had these cowboy hats. And I, was, I was standing with one of my students, and I was like, oh, this would be funny. We're in Nashville. Like, I should just wear a cowboy hat for my entrance tomorrow. And they're like, oh, yeah, that would be kind of funny because we're in Nashville. So, yeah, I was like, oh, just wear a cowboy hat just because we're in Nashville. <laughs> um, so then I had, I had the jacket with me. I hadn't I hadn't planned on wearing it, but I still had it with me. So I was like, "Oh, I'll put the I'll put this together with the leather jacket." The cowboy hat and leather jacket. And then one well, of my students had had some uh, aviators. So I was like, I took her aviators. It's like, all right, I'll put this together as like a look. It'll be kind of funny to come out like this, you know. So I came out, and then I got to the back. Everyone was like, 
wow, that looked like super cool. You should just do that all the time. I was like, oh, I just thought it would be like hilarious that I came out in a cowboy hat and some sunglasses. They're like, no, that like looked awesome. Like, just keep that. Yeah, that that is like now synonymous with cheeseburger. That's like it's 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 just the it's like the classic combo now and mm-hmm. it's that's like it's it's canon now. <laughs> it's and that's always like maybe not always, but that feels like that's how it usually works with wrestling, where it's like it's never the look that you sit down and meticulously have your like Sam Raimi Spider Man montage moment about. Like, you never just sit there with your graph paper and perfectly figure out exactly the iconography of who you're going to be. It's it's those weird happenstance stumbling blocks into the look yeah. where you just just do something for the shits and giggles. And now everyone's like, no, that's who you are now. Like, you like this is it. <laughs> yeah. Like, we. Uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, yeah, since um, uh, since I started doing the um, the trio, uh, Eli and Ryan, I stopped wearing it because it didn't fit, like, the aesthetic of the group, but I was still wearing, like, indies. But, like, mm-hmm. I have, like, another entrance gear that's kind of, like, a longer, like, coat with, like, a – it's, like, a, it has a painting on the back that has, like, a cheeseburger wrapped in, like, a dragon. And it was yeah. really cool. Um, but, like, the coat is cool, but it doesn't feel the same without the, the cowboy hat and the jacket. I just, I just kind of wear the coat. But like the, whenever I do indies, I still wear like the the cowboy gimmick. Like it just feels like. I like, feel like I feel like you could do it in in your trios. Like they're you know they're I mean cowboys and samurais happen at the same time. <laughs> you know? That's true. Probably good point, good point. That's probably an anime that I don't know about. Like there's cowboys, several there's samurais. several animes like well, that. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, Can we just? Oh yeah. Can we just do an anime um, about Cheeseburger and, like, Sumi Sakai? I feel like that would be, like, a really interesting anime. <laughs> that might be kind of good, actually. I feel like it would... The hijinks! I feel like that would almost verge into that... What's that Jaden Smith anime he's got? He has an anime? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's... I don't know what to, how to feel about it because it's real bad, but I feel like they were trying to be bad. Hmm. <laughs> I, gotta look, I gotta look this up. Yeah, it's art. It's bad on purpose art. Uh, I don't know, um, but you know what's not bad? You know what's always great <laughs> is the wrestlers we love and admire and want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. So, Cheeseburger, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anyone? We got a segment on this show, Wrestle Crush Wednesday. Is there anyone in professional wrestling, past or present, that you've never shared a ring with, or maybe you only had very minimal experience with, like cross pass in a battle royal or something? Mm-hmm. Is there anyone working right now or working previously that you were like, man, if I could just get 10, 10, 15 minutes with them, it'd make my fucking day? Um, definitely Jonathan Gresham would be top of the list for that. Um, we've only had very minimal interaction to each other. That's weird. I that's insane. You've never really wrestled him before. We had like um, I'm trying to think the last time we wrestled. We've been in like multi mans where we've kind of done like a small spot together, but mm-hmm. never anything where it's like that I can think of off the top of my head. That's like a say like a two on two. Well, we did have a two on two tag match actually. Me and Will Ferrar versus him and uh, Saban. But that was also mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where just the way it was structured, we didn't do a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like just one of those things where like I want to like you know wrestle him in the singles and get like some actual like time out of it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I, amazed that's not a thing right now that I can YouTube. I'm like picturing all the technical goodness in my head. And like <laughs> now I really want it. I didn't even know that it never happened before. Oh, he makes me look uh, like a joke. It's insane. Him and uh, him and uh, Shelly too as well. Like uh, again, like same thing. We've been like kind of multi-man like tag matches here and there, but like never really got to do much together. Um, sometimes we'll uh, we'll wrestle at like we'll wrestle around like uh, before shows. Like we'll chain wrestle and and just like sometimes I'm like, oh man, like I know a lot about chain wrestling. And then I'll wrestle like Shelly or Gresham and just be like, wow, I know like absolutely nothing about like technical wrestling. I don't know a single hold or transition <laughs> or anything at all. Oh, yeah. So wait, wait, so if, if Shelly's one of those guys on your list, and then I would be just a little sidebar, curious about your opinion, then how did you feel when, like, because I was definitely kind of upset when Shelly did his kind of retirement speech like a year ago, mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm focusing on school, and I've been doing this a really long time, and this, you know, I think I've got one I'm going to get out of it, and, you know, it's just, it's just time to move on. And then he just is like, psych! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, do you have any like insight as to like what happened there, or like it just he just was like fuck it? No, it was it was school. Like he he's he's always been very it's like social media. He he's always been open about like he's been doing this school and like working on getting his degree and everything. And you know now he has like a full time job as like a physical therapist and like you know he's he's super busy with that. So you know it's one of those things where like wrestling is just kind of like a a side thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And like you know. He's, have it, he's enjoying like doing his uh his his therapy work. So like wrestling is kind of just something to do on the side rather than I need to wrestle to like make a living. It's like oh I can just have fun and just wrestle whenever whoever I want just because it's fun, not because I need to. Um, I uh, brought him in for a seminar at my uh, at my dojo a few months ago, and it was one of the best seminars we've ever had because it was the only seminar where I've ever had where he he broke it down really well in terms of. He would spend time doing like in ring stuff, and then he would take time to do show us like physical therapy stuff. So it'd be like in ring, we do like a drill. Then he would t- take everyone out of the ring and just be like, "All right, here's a part of your body, and here's how you keep that part of your body healthy." So like, oh, if you have shoulders like shoulder issues, like here's some stuff for your rotator cuff to like help you out. Back in the ring, do something, come out. All right, here's some stuff for your core. Here's um why you need to work out your glutes to protect your lower back. Here's like the importance of working your legs out, like stuff like that back in the ring, like just different the way he like broke it up in the segments was like, was really, really, uh, really, really cool. That's really interesting. Cause a lot of um, people um, aren't able to offer that perspective. So when you have someone who's actually trained in that and all of us suffer from very similar types of injuries, from wrestling so the fact that he's really well versed in that mm-hmm. um, yeah he's awesome he's one of my legit one of my like, favorite people in in wrestling yeah i mean see um seems like an amazing guy literally one of those people you just don't hear a bad word about mm-hmm. so I, that's the thing that's why i love like i guess when you say it like that where he's just like i'm just gonna wrestle whenever because like when he when he first was like you know I'm kind of done, it made it seem like you know wrestling was off the table. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to see him just like, like didn't he literally work like NXT and Ring of Honor in like the same week or something? Oh yeah, yeah, I thought that was yeah, <laughs> so, pretty cool. So it's just like that's just like that's rock star shit. That's just yeah, like just, I don't I don't <laughs> give a fuck. Yeah. He uh, I remember in his like return promo to Ring of Honor, he uh, kind of, he addressed that like he said his like go home promo. He was like when he came back, he was like. 
he's very careful not to use the word retire because you know, you know, most people never really retire in wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so there's always like he's like I made sure not to use the word retire. Like, in it. That's awesome. Is there anybody else besides those two that you would just like? Is there like is there like a hero? Is there like someone? Not that Alex Shelley isn't a hero, but is there someone that you're like looked up to? You're growing up that was like, man, that's the dream. Well, I would I. I wish I got to have a singles match with Liger before he retired because we've tagged uh, multiple times yeah. and we've been like, you know, tagged multiple times, whether it's like multi mans or two on two tag matches. Um, but we never got to have that singles match together. Um, I wasn't sure if he would come. He was doing the retirement tour. I wasn't sure if he was going to come back to Ring of Honor for like one final like goodbye match. Mm-hmm. Like after after Madison Square Garden, I didn't know if he was going to come back for like one final match. Um, but uh, he he did end up coming back. I had pitched to Ring of Honor to do a singles match. They seemed like open to it, um, but no, nah, never never happened. And so that he'd be one. Uh, you know, Muda was Muda was always my number two Ooh. after Liger, and would we'll, we'll, yeah. uh, would love to to mix it up with him. He's still uh, wrestling too. I thought he finally retired. No, I think he's doing stuff with uh, Noah now, I think. Really? I could have yeah, sworn I, I just... saw a thing where, like, he – it was, like, I saw a video package. that was, like, the final moonsault, and, like, he hits it, yes. pins the guy, he, and he goes, he, and he's, like, I have my double knee surgery, and I'm done. Yeah. No, nah, he, nah, he, nah, he's been wrestling for a little – he's been wrestling since, since that double knee surgery. Oh, God. He, yeah, he's done, he's, done, I, he's done a few matches since, since then. I was talking about how Muda is, like, one of those – he's, like, the last of a dying breed where, like – there's like this specific generation of wrestlers, or not even generation, but just specific types of like those old school wrestlers that like you look at them and they're so broken down and they're so beat up and they like can barely walk. But when they have to hit a move or when they have to take a bump, suddenly they're 26 years old again. <laughs> and it's just like he like I literally watch Muda matches, like old like newer Muda matches where he like can barely run. But then when he has to do an arm drag or when he has to take a back bump, it's, like, snappy as shit. And I'm just like, oh. how do you do that? Yeah, even, like, um, you look at Mazawa and his, like, last few, uh, like, last year of wrestling, like, he was still, like, you know, it was kind of tough to watch, but he could still, like, go, like, when he mm-hmm. needed to. Like, he could still, like, pull out, like, a really good uh, good performance. Yeah. That's how I feel about guy, uh, like guys like, a, like, a Dean Malenko. Like, I know Dean's, like, got some medical issues right now but if, i feel like if dean really wanted to like you know he can't work like a, a broadway or something but like if he was doing like a training seminar he'd be standing there you know kind of you know having his issues but the second he's got to put a hold on somebody or give someone an arm drag it's like it's 1997 again yeah, i remember anyway. that um when uh bring of honor got lance storm to come out of retirement to wrestle brian danielson i think it'd been like six or seven years when when since Lance had like retired and he just came out and just absolutely like brought some like awesome performances and then they brought him back like years later our retirement again to wrestle mm-hmm. Mike Bennett in like a series yeah well the benefit of Lance was like he walked away pretty early yep and yeah. and also he was also one of those guys that was just always in shape yeah he like kept himself in great shape like Lance still looks better than most of the guys on the Indies right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looks better than me. Shit. <laughs> Looks better than me. Fuck. Um, Speaking of Lance Storm, did you see that photo that's like been circulating? It's like 26 years since he got married. I can't remember who it was, but someone was like, holy shit, Lance Storm smiled once. 
Yes, I, I, <laughs> I, I want to say it was it Tommy Dreamer or somebody that tweeted that. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I saw I saw that tweet uh, that lost it. It's. I feel like Lance Storm is kind of like a vampire about smiling. That like when he smiles, it can't be captured on film, and yeah. like you can't see it in a mirror or anything like that. Or or maybe it's like a picture of Dorian Gray thing, where like every time he smiles, there's a painting that gets older in a attic attic somewhere. <laughs> funny uh, funny story. If you uh, if you go on my Wikipedia page, it lists. Lance Storm is like one of my trainers. Um, really? Yeah. And like, yeah, like, um, so in 2014, I went to like a four day NWA Legends camp in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And it was like me and a couple of, a couple of friends. We went for like a, like a four day camp. And the coaches at the camp were um, Lance Storm, Nigel McGinnis, Les Thatcher, and uh, Dr. Tom. And, Jesus. Yeah, what a was, camp. Was, Jesus. Yeah, Awesome camp. I learned. I learned a ton. Uh, if that's you can't like, learn to work there, you just are a fucking hopeless cause. <laughs> it was. It was cool. And that whole like that whole like four days. Like a, like a, there's a bunch of stories just like in and then from that. But like um those those people were trainers. And I think like sometime after that, I did like a podcast, and it's like yeah, I, I learned from like these guys at this uh, camp. And then somehow like my Wikipedia got added. So like so like my trainers are like Delirious and Daisy Hayes from Ring of Honor, Mike mm-hmm. Quackenbush, who I like have only trained. I've, trailer quack like all here and there like throughout the years um and then it's like dr tom les thatcher Lance <laughs> i'm like well damn. i'm like like you know anyone just like didn't know and they go to my Wikipedia, they're like oh man look at cheeseburger trainers look at all these, these people out here it's like aren't we all students of lance storm and dr yeah. tom and stuff man like we're or is it is it in like a collective a, wrestling it, sense or, or like that transitive property where it's like i could argue that i've been slightly trained by mikey whipwreck because he trained jay lethal right <laughs> well you're one like... of mikey's grandsons i'm his yeah. grandson grand trainer <laughs> i gotta learn that whippersnapper shit someone someone actually like ever like this is the only time this has happened but like someone came up to me and brought that up like um it was like a, a ring announcer or like a referee on like a indie show i did like last year and i was just like kind of just, sit, just sitting there on my phone and he kind of came and um sat next to me and we're just we're just talking it's like hey so um what's it like being trained by lance storm i'm like ah oh, man i'm, I'm i don't want to disappoint you but i only did like maybe four days with him my entire life but it was cool i was like i learned a lot he's awesome great trainer super mm-hmm. nice dude that's a that's how I always feel like if I, you know, if by the grace of God um, I get over enough that someone makes me a Wikipedia page, uh, I feel like there will be like it will say like trained by Jay Lethal. You could argue Angelina Love a little bit in there, okay. And then, and then there will be some asshole who finds some interview I did and puts Harley Race <laughs> because <laughs> the first bit of wrestling training I ever did was a week seminar for beginners at uh, at WLW. Oh, there you go. And yeah, and like I, yeah. So I mean, I met Harley Race. Uh, I took my first bumps in a boxing ring that he had, um, and you know, he told me I sucked, but he, you know, told me to keep trying. So <laughs> that's the extent of my training with Harley. Right. I would like my Wikipedia page to have like sections like early life, the rise, the fall, the death, the rebirth. Mm. The conquering, the first reign, the second reign, you know. Yeah, yeah. Normal so stuff basically, like ba- yeah, basically, like I've that. got a, I've got a lot to do. 
Yeah, right. sorry, sorry about that tangent there, guys. I've had a lot of time to think. <laughs> all I want my Wikipedia, uh, all I want my Wikipedia page to say is that I had a uh, four-month program that I ran with Michelle Obama, um, where I got the over. That's all I want. To <laughs> you know, you don't want that can- you don't want that kangaroo match now. It's just Michelle Obama. We'll get cowards. <laughs> we'll get the kangaroo to ref it. I'm just trying to get a kangaroo. I'm still trying to get a kangaroo match. Jeez, you don't know about this, but like before before the bedlam that was WrestleMania this year, Aaron was convinced he could figure out some way to either do it himself or get someone dumb enough to pay for it, book him in a match with a live kangaroo. <laughs> what I do? And he talked about it so much and in such practical terms that I was like, guys, I'm really worried my tag partner's gonna die in me. <laughs> Kangaroos are kangaroos are scary, man. They're, they're like, deadly. Have you ever seen like a full grown male kangaroo? They're oh yeah, they're like shredded. Nothing, but they're like jacked. They're like all muscle. They're there's jacked like, as that, hell. There's that video going around where like the two kangaroos were fighting in that person's house or outside that person's house. Did you guys see that? It was like the two kangaroos like fighting each other. Yeah, they're yeah. beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> oh my god. There's a good another good one where um it was going around for a while where like there's like a kangaroo trying to like strangle like a dog. Have you guys seen that? Oh and like, yeah. The yeah, guy, the owner comes up and he like, squir- he like squares Ooh. up the kangaroo and he just punches him in the face and then he like walks away and the kangaroo just looks like, did you just punch me in the face? Like the look like, on his face is hilarious. It's like the audacity. Jeez, <laughs> uh, um, uh, we never got to our wrestle crushes, but that's fine. Uh, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk to you while we we're starting to wind things down here. Um, so, obviously, wrestling right now is in a weird place. Um, it feels like, you know, certain states are trying to push us in a, in a maybe not so uh, ideal direction. Maybe we're not ready for. Um, but uh, I'm just curious, as someone who works for the company, so what do, you, uh, do you know personally, like, kind of what Ring of Honor's strategy is going forward, like, next few months? Or is that just all still up in the air? No, we we actually just had like a uh, a talent meeting about it, um, like on Zoom, I think last week or a few days ago. Um, mm-hmm. But they had like everyone on Zoom and just kind of like giving everybody an update and just kind of seeing that people have you know different ideas and stuff for to for content going forward. But basically, it was kind of like they were not going to risk anybody's health. Like they don't, they're not really interested in doing like empty arena shows and stuff like that, just because. It's it's a lot to ask for people to at this point like leave their home, get on the plane, fly across the country or wherever, go go into uh, an arena or like a they have the dojo like go into the dojo, then wrestle someone else that also just left their home and then flew across country and then came. Um, they were the only way they kind kind of seemed maybe open to it if like actual like testing was more readily available. Not so much mm-hmm. as like the temperature check, but like actual testing. Yeah. Um, but even even still, at that point, uh, from like a production standpoint, I don't think they're too interested in it. From just how empty arena stuff's like really depressing. Um, yeah. I, I kind of like how AEW's doing it with like the wrestlers in the crowd, but just like when there's no people, it's just like tough to watch. It's just like really. I I'm, do it. yeah. I'm surprised that more companies, especially companies like AEW, who aren't afraid to do weird shit, or WWE, who's got the money. I mean, AEW's got the money too. Is like everyone loved the Boneyard match, and everyone yeah. loved like the 
Funhouse, the Funhouse match. So it's like, just do that. Just do wrestling movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, uh, people, people brought that up for Ring of Honor. They, 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 they seem open to that, which I think would be cool. Like, yeah. not for every match, but just like, you know, maybe like a, a special for like YouTube or TV where it's like a match that has some kind of like build that never got like the payoff or something like that. Yeah. Um, like maybe doing something like that, maybe like one or two matches, just to kind of like get people some content and kind of like get things rolling a little bit. Um, which I'm all for. I think that'd be cool. Um, someone else pitched an idea in the meeting where um, they compared it to uh, Ultimate Fighter, where if you watch Ultimate Fighter, they're basically having empty arena MMA matches where you know there's no crowd, but you can't tell that because of the way it's shot. You know, like how reality TV is shot. Like say like people, the guys are fighting, they cut to like interviews like reality TV shows, sit down interviews in the middle of it and everything. Like maybe there's a way to do that with wrestling where it's like, you know, you're grappling. Maybe someone has someone to hold and it cuts. It's like, Oh, you know, I was in the choke. I knew I had to get out or it was going to be it for the match. And it cuts back. And you kind of chop it up a little bit. I thought that's mm-hmm. a good idea. I think that could, I think that could work. I've, I've seen, I've seen cool footage. Concept. Yeah. Cause that's kind of how they used to do TV. Like, in tough, seven... tough, tough enough. They would do that too. Well, no, they used to do this thing in the 70s. I've seen clips of this where, like, in Championship Wrestling from Florida, they would film the match. Mm-hmm. And then for television, whatever section of the match they wanted to put on television for promotion, Dusty Rhodes or, or Jack Briscoe or whoever was in the match would just provide Dub's commentary over it, kind of like a, mm-hmm. like a director's commentary for a movie. He's like... Oh, okay. And he would, they would go over there like, this is when I was in the ring, baby. And then, you know, and then that goddamn black Jack Mulligan came from behind. And you see he's playing down the American dream. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. it was, it was, I mean, granted, Dusty Rhodes is one of the most like charismatic, entertaining people of all time. But I think like you could do something where like you just tape a no sound, like there's no sound. So you don't hear that echo and that yeah, quiet like, music over and everything. Yeah. And you just have Aleister Black. Or Andrade or whoever you're filming talk about like what they're doing and just be like, yeah, this is, and you could chop it up and maybe make it sound more dramatic. But I'd be, I'd be fascinated to like hear like in kayfabe commentary of like what's happening in these matches. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that'd be, I think that'd be super cool. I, I, I like that idea a lot. Like I kind of, if it's possible and like things kind of open up a little bit, but like not fully, I, Wanted like even try like film one of those on my own like at my school just to kind of like present it and see how like it looks and just even make that like, something I do on my own if Ring of Honor doesn't want to do it. I feel dude. I've the amount of times I've stopped myself from like texting Aaron and like several other tag teams in the area, just like adding them all in a group chat and just going boneyard match question mark (laughs) i've said it before i think i said it on like the last three podcasts and i will say it again to put it out there in the universe i will sell my mortal soul to the promoter who books me in a boneyard match yep oh uh concept concept um i think we have a really good thing here guys like this is a freaking million dollar idea but i need you on board cheese Okay. An S three buddy cop movie. Oh, I love it. I love it. We uh we did some really fun like vignettes and stuff like that that like to hype up matches. Like we were just like filming funny like videos and stuff like that. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like they, they some of them came out really good. Like um 
we did one we did was kind of like a parody of um full metal jacket where uh oh, ryan God. was the uh <laughs> ryan was like the uh the drill sergeant like we're getting ready for um for tag wars and so we do like one where it's like me and eli and then, like two of my students in like kind of like in like the line and ryan's like the drill sergeant like you guys need to get into like get in the shape like you got you guys can't be fooling around me and eli like playing like a switch in the in the in the in the line he's like so like, this is war tag war and he's just start cutting the, cut the promo that's oh perfect God. that's beautiful uh, so, cheese. Before we let you go, thank you again so much for coming on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just curious. So, what are your kind of, what do you real realistically or reasonably kind of see things going in the next few months in terms of wrestling? Um, my my hope that major wrestling crowds are going to come back is kind of like low. I I feel like. Nothing. I feel like things aren't going to get back to like reasonably like what we consider normal until like next year. That's just kind of with the way my mindset. I I have heard there's like something going around where like um uh, certain states might allow like twenty percent or like forty percent capacity or something like that. Um, so I mean, I mean, that might be that might yeah. be like the first steps to like. Oh no! I I, I, I I saw all the jokes on Facebook of like like the governor of Florida being like, uh, we'll allow sporting events of like 10% capacity. And then someone comments going, cool, 90% of Florida Indies are fine. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ow. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that happening. Um, I don't think like, I don't think wrestling is going to get back to normal until major sports goes back to normal, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Like, I feel like everyone's going to kind of be following the trend of, like, the NBA or, like, NFL and, like, baseball mm-hmm. and everything. Did you well, guys base- hear about ES- ESPN, what they just did recently? No. Was, like, they, uh, they, have, they, they, they need content so bad, they license, I guess, Korean baseball. Because, like, Korean oh. baseball is, the, it's like, the only major sport, like, running right now. Yeah, so, no. Like, they're airing it at like I think like one a.m. or like two or like three p three a.m. or something like that. Just the Korean baseball opening day. I personally man. would love to see them, you know, bring back the Ocho, which they do like <laughs> as a joke yeah. one day a year now. But I would, I, I would like twenty four hour ESPN eat the Ocho coverage. I want to see hang gliding squirrels and you know cats on jet skis, and I want to see dodgeball. Okay. About to well, say, everyone. if there's one sport we can do right now, it's probably dodgeball. <laughs> oh, yeah. perfect. Well, uh, I don't know. We can get into this. This is like a whole story in and of itself. But like that weekend when, every like, where's like a the weekend before everything kind of like locked down when mm-hmm. Ring of Honor like canceled like their anniversary show. Like we were in the bar and they were watching like ESPN and this when like major sports were shut down. So we were just like, like, what are they airing right now? We like turned on ESPN and they're like. Like dirt biking, I think like uh, like ping pong or bowling or something like that, or mm-hmm. it's like very like random stuff, like wherever they could find the kind of like fill the place of like major sports and everything. That's wild. So, I mean, was there was there anything you personally were looking forward to that kind of that got canceled this mania season? Um. Well, uh, before, even before Mania, I was looking forward to the Ring of Honor anniversary weekend, um, which yeah. is when everything got shut down. And uh, Mania weekend, like, I there wasn't anything I was really like looking forward to. Obviously, like Supercard, but 
Um, it's like one of those years where I was like, all right, I'm just going to kind of like just do Ring of Honor. Like, I don't have any desire to like run around a lot for Mania, Mania weekend this year. Um, I, I, pro- I was probably going to just check out Spring Break, and that would be about it besides Ring of Honor. Um, but the, the anniversary weekend and the, the past versus present past versus present show they had planned, those two yeah. getting canceled were super sad, especially with, like, how it happened and, like, just, like, you know, all those guys, the old school Ring of Honor guys, like, are going to get a chance to come back and everything and that get canceled. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would have been fun. It's It was also, it was, you know, that whole week was going to be an opportunity for me to, like, meet so many people that I've become friends with at a distance. Like, I was looking for matching cowboy hats on Amazon so I could bring you a cowboy hat and then we what? could have matching cowboy hats. Oh, like, I'm oh. still going to do it. It's just, I don't know when it's going to happen. Oh, that's awesome. Man, I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I like Mania Weekend. Just got to get to just meet so many new people and see so many, like, awesome people. See all your friends from all over the world. Like, yeah, and Supercar, it's, like, always, like, a really good, really good uh, time. Like... This is like a mania, like there are gonna be like guys from Germany that I met in WXW in town that I get to see them again and just like mm-hmm. you know, all, like keep friends from like Japan coming over and it's like so many people like, you know. It's it's wrestling Christmas and we got wrestling Christmas taken from us. Yeah. I felt so bad for just like for everyone, but like especially like uh like the high spots crew, um that's yeah. doing the uh their the WrestleCon and then G C W like with the collective and everything, like those guys like took like such a hard hit and they had so many like good shows like planned and everything and just like financially like such a loss like for their companies. Yeah. We're gonna but take it back, brother. We're gonna take it back, brother. <laughs> we're all getting right. it all back. Uh, all right, cheese. Uh again, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh plug your socials, plug any of your projects, uh if you're doing video game streaming or if you've got a YouTube channel, like plug everything you got. Um, yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CheeseburgerROH and Instagram at ROH Cheeseburger. So you just you know flip them back and forth. Um, if you're a wrestler in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, Maryland area, anywhere on the like East Coast, or even if you're somewhere else and want to move to Pennsylvania, come check us out at Worldwide Dojo on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find our email there, or you just contact me directly if you have any questions. You know, we have a great wrestling school and a great program there, so if you're interested in breaking into the business, like, hit me up. And lastly, uh, at ProWrestlingTees uh, slash Cheeseburger, you can find my uh, my merchandise on there. Fuck yeah, dude. What are you playing? What's your quarantine game? Um, I just got uh, Jedi Star Wars, like, Jedi Fallen Order. And that's been really fun. And also Metal Gear Solid 5. I've been working through those right now. Oh, and Cuphead. Trying to beat Cuphead, too. I almost bought bought Cuphead, but then I was like, I don't need this much stress in my life. You're not bringing Cuphead into my house, Rhea. (laughs) So awful. awful. Uh, All right, man. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Big love. Stay safe. We're just going to do socials. We'll skip... uh, Wrestle Crush Wednesdays? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I want to wrestle everybody. everybody. Everyone is beautiful and lovely, and I want to wrestle all of you. Yeah. Just uh, fucking fight me for the love of everything. Just fight me. Fuck you. Mainstay posse. Uh, May, uh, yeah. Mainstay posse, please. I need just it. Just keep saying it every week. All right. So to hit you up with these socials, if you aren't already following us, you can follow us. Uh, by simply searching Demon Road Diaries on both Instagram 
and Facebook. Uh, you can follow the Coda at We Are the Coda on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, and Pro Wrestling Tees, where you can get our brand new Coco inspired The Coda shirt, uh, mm. along with your Demon Road Diaries shirt. You can follow me at Music City KG on Twitter and Music City Messiah on Instagram. And you can follow me, the Bastard Son Ronnie Rios, on Instagram and Twitter at Bastard Son Rios. Uh, don't add me on Facebook. Same for uh, you know, same verse as the first. Don't fucking add me on Facebook. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Durden Says, Twitter at the Durden Says, and as of 4 p.m. this afternoon, you can find me at prowrestlingtees.com slash Chelsea Durden. Hey. Oh, nice. <laughs> we did it, boys. We did it, boys. We did it, boys. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you again, Cheese. I really appreciate this. What's up, guys? It's Caden. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening to the pod. So we've got a pretty fun deal going on right now for anyone who heads to ProWrestlingTees.com slash WeAreTheCoda and picks up the new Demon Road Diaries t-shirt. Anyone who buys it between May 13th and May 18th will also be receiving a free Coda dog tag. All you got to do is buy a shirt you were probably going to buy anyway, and you'll get a free limited edition Coda dog tag. So head to ProWrestlingTees.com slash WeAreTheCoda and buy the new Demon Road Diaries t-shirt. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.